Hey there, and welcome back to the World Hopper's Guide to the Cosmere. I'm your host, Arian, and uh, this week we're going to be taking on one of the most uh, interesting and, and confusing and mysterious knights uh, in all of the Cosmere, and specifically in the Stormlight Archive, and that is the Knight of King Gavilar's Feast, where he gets assassinated in the prologue of the first book. Um, that is the sort of inciting incident of this entire huge series uh, in, within the present timeline, and we're going to be looking at uh, what we have from the three prologues of Stormlight Archive to determine what we know so far. Uh, obviously, there's going to be spoilers for uh, the entire Stormlight Archive, um, so be warned about that, but let's get to it. Okay, so as of early 2019, we have three points of view to work with, uh, three prologues, and those are Zet's son, son Valano, Yasna Colin, and Eshenai of the Parshendi, uh, the singers. That is going to improve as we get uh, more perspectives uh, in books four and five, uh, likely from uh, Navani, Colin, and uh, Gavilar himself. But we will look at what we have so far because the three points of view take place sort of at different times they all span the entire night and it's rather confusing so we're gonna really get into the uh the specifics of what happened after i have combed through uh, all the prologue so we will be measuring time uh from the moment where uh zeth leaves the feasting hall and sort of sets about like the start of his rampage it's kind of the first moment in the first prologue of uh the stormlight archive um because that's i mean that that makes sense i think that we start there so let's get to it. Um, it's not going to be perfect, obviously, but this is what we know so far. So the feast begins at some point in the night, roughly four or five hours before Zeth leaves the feasting hall, which we'll call Hour Zero. Um, it has the Aleti leaders and the Parsheni leaders, who are known as the Council of Five, just meeting up, you know, having a feast uh, and partying. Um, at some point during this night, Yasna declares her heresy against the Voran Church, uh, interesting that it happened this night. Uh, I did not pick that up on my first read. I think it's an interesting note um, on a reread. I don't know what it means, but it's pretty cool. Uh, so the timeline from here is a little unclear until roughly 15 minutes before uh, hour zero. But um, at some point uh, before or early in the feast, uh, Eshenai, who is the Parshendi interpreter, uh, is helping her people unload drums from carts in the loading dock of Kolinar Palace. After kind of musing about these strange humans, about the, the Parshmen and their practice of slavery. Uh, she wanders into the palace and just stumbles on King Gavilar, meeting with a mysterious group of people who we know to be the Sons of Honor. We know two officers, two women, and an old man in robes. One of the officers is Meridus Amaram, uh, the very hated future crystal monster, uh, who kind of invites her inside to speak to the king directly. Uh, Gavilar sends everybody out of the room and speaks directly to Eshenai, showing her a Fabriel and telling her that he plans to bring her gods back in order to, quote, unite them, which implies that he has the uh, same power that Dalinar does of getting the visions from the Almighty. Um, he speaks of a high storm that will unite his people and restore the listeners to their old ways, of course referring to the Everstorm, and he asks her to speak to the leaders of the Parshendi uh, and says... He's being watched by somebody. We don't know who. He also claims that the Parshmen were trapped because humans captured a crucial spren and then hands her a black stone that's uh, apparently full of void light before leaving. Uh, Eshenai freaks out and runs back to the feast. At some point soon after, um, she tells the Council of Five that Gavilar plans to bring their gods back. 
That turns out to be a bad move on Gavilar's part because they don't like that. It turns out that a slave uh, who was bought by a member of the Five known as Clade is none other than Zeth Sunsun Velano, Truthless of Shinovar. Ah, man, I left saying those words. Uh, suspiciously, Clade was guided by an unknown voice uh, speaking to the rhythms, uh, and he was also accompanied by Venli when he came to buy Zeth. What does that mean? Possibly Odium? Possibly another entity? Venli is likely to show us a little more in Book 4. Um, so the Council, who knows about Zeth's Shardblade, uh, they order him to kill his way to Gavilar and to be seen doing it. That pretty much ends the meat of Eshenai's point of view on that night, and we will get back to her shortly. Um, so a decent amount of time passes, uh, Dalinar drinks a lot, and at some point in the night, hours before Zeth leaves the feast, uh, Gavilar leaves the feast, which means he was there at some point. It's unclear whether he did this before the Sons of Honor meeting, or whether he went to the feast after the meeting. Uh, it doesn't really matter, but I guess we'll find out more uh, in Gavilar's chapter. So now we get to roughly 10 to 15 minutes before Hour Zero, which is when Yasna Colon leaves the feast in order to meet with the assassin Lys. Uh, she passes a drunken Dalinar calling for drummers, passes Zeth setting up the drums, and the Council of Five, who look, like, nervous. Suddenly her shadow goes haywire and points towards the light source, the stormlight uh, lamps, uh, something that's apparently been happening more and more. At this point, Sadius leaves the feast, and since we later see him pretending to be Gavilar, he's likely heading straight towards Gavilar's quarters. Um, so Yasna leaves the feast through the servant's door, and is surprised to find Gavilar speaking to Amaram about something. Uh, notably, the guard captain Tirim is wearing uh, Gavilar's shard play right now, which will obviously change. Um, Amaram leaves, and Yasna speaks briefly with her father, getting the feeling that he is suspicious of her, before he apparently heads back toward the feast. Since this is pretty soon before he's due to be in Shardplate, and Zeth later claims that he had left the feasting hall for the entire night, it's likely that Gavilar never actually went back into the feast. By now, the drumming has started, uh, which is where Eshenai will be till the end of the night. She's drumming her problems away until, uh, until the last moment she can. So Yasna heads deeper into the palace, and her shadow again begins to act strangely, uh, pointing toward the stormlight. After speaking to it, telling it enough, all right, the shadows coalesce into various figures. One of them, likely uh, her inkspran ivory, pulls a sword on her, and suddenly she's dropped into Shadesmar, uh, the cognitive realm, and uh, almost starts drowning in beads before using her power to construct a version of the hall she was standing in. The inkspran gives her a nod before she returns to the original hallway and continues her way toward Lys, kind of just brushing her shoulders off and continuing down as if she hadn't just teleported. Um, right around here, we hit hour zero, um, which is when Zeth leaves the feasting hall. Roughly, his actions are taking place concurrently with Yasna meeting Lys, but we can kind of tell that certain events happen before others, but it's, it's a little fluid. So, Zeth leaves the feasting hall on his order to kill Gavilar. The drummers, including Eshenai, begin a new rhythm at this time. Uh, Zeth passes a drunken, passed-out Dalinar colon before noticing that uh, the crown prince Elhokar is at the feast, talking to two figures, one of whom we now know to be Nail, the Herald of Justice, and Zeth's future mentor. Zeth then goes past the beggar's feast and passes a drunken figure who we now know as Yezrian, Herald of Kings. Uh, Yezrian asks, Have you seen me? Which refers to the statues of the heralds, which Zeth then sees in the next room. Uh, when he passes the statues, Zeth notices only nine. Shalash is missing, so we can be fairly certain that uh, Ash was there at the feast as well, and she destroyed her own statue. Around this time, Roughly two to five minutes past hour zero, uh, Yasna goes to an out-of-the-way part of the palace to meet Lys the assassin. Uh, Lys is a shard-bearer, and Yasna hires her to spy on and not kill, except on Yasna's orders, Aesodon Colon, Elhokar's wife, and the other future crazy crystal monster. 
Uh, we learn that Lys has recently possessed uh, Zeth, but she found him creepy enough to sell, uh, likely straight to Clade of the Parshendi. Now, she probably didn't know about his blade, since uh, he tries not to advertise that information. After Lys leaves, uh, Yasna returns toward the feast and runs into Nail and his companion, who is most likely Kalik, the herald uh, who is the point of view of the prelude. This figure, I mean, he's clearly a herald. Uh, he's talking about Zeth having, quote, his lord's blade. Um, Kalik's deference to his king makes it kind of obvious, and the other male heralds are Ton, Ishar, and Yezrian, who are, none of them are uh, going to be at this feast. So, it's Kalik. Uh, he's worried about Shalash deteriorating, like they all are, and Yasna believes them to just be foreign dignitaries, but they leave. Um, it's around this time that the drums stop. Eshenai and the rest of the Parshendi, except for three of the council, are making their escape because they know what's about to happen. So we cut back to Zeth. It's around this time that he's stopped by the dark-eyed guards and first absorbs Stormlight to lash and kill them. One of the guards, lashed to the ceiling, drops onto a spear and he screams. It's likely this scream that Yasna hears and she begins to run towards the king's quarters. Uh, Zeth continues on his rampage, killing more men with his shard blade and lashing a giant stone block uh, to fall sideways, which kills even more men, and this ensuing crash can be heard by Yasna like the palace is shaking. It's roughly five to ten minutes after hour zero. A couple minutes later, Zeth makes it to the king's quarters in time to see a shard bearer step out, and a figure, who we later learn to be Sadius, uh, in the king's robes, runs away with guards. Zeth engages the Shardbearer uh, for a while, hoping to be killed, before realizing that the Shardbearer himself is King Gavilar. Zeth lashes various pieces of furniture to fly towards Gavilar, Jackie Chan style, and their fight eventually leads towards a balcony, where Zeth gets a face full of shardplate punch. Uh, desperate, Zeth begins to repeatedly lash the balcony. Uh, Yasna arrives at the king's quarters, uh, seeing the busted furniture and the cut stones before making eye contact with her father, just as Gavilar steps out onto the balcony, which, uh, in addition to the lashings, sends it crashing to the ground below. Uh, Zeth manages to lash himself to the wall, while Gavilar plummets and is impaled. Um, as he bleeds out, Gavilar gives Zeth another black stone that appears to be full of void light, uh, and tells him to keep it from the Parshendi. Zeth later hides this stone in Yakaved. Uh, Gavilar also asks Zeth to tell Dalinar and find the most important words a man can say. Zeth writes those words in Gavilar's own blood as the king dies, and, he, and Zeth flees. Um, it's been less than 30 minutes since Hour Zero. Uh, a minute later, three Parsheni council members arrive at the king's quarters, and they tell Yasna that they take full responsibility for killing Gavilar. Sadius, dressed in Gavilar's robes, arrives and arrests the Parshendi. And that is what we know as of Oathbringer. Yeah. It's it's a lot of stuff. We we know now that Gavilar was not necessarily the good dude that we all expected. He is an ally of Amaram. Um, he is a son of honor. Um, and we don't know who the other sons of honor members are. There's one storm warden named Rastaris who Amaram speaks to in one of Kaladin's flashbacks. Um, the contents of the spheres are unknown. Are they unmade? Are they something else? And there's the herald at the party. Um, I think it's pretty fascinating that we see Kalik in the background of the scene. Uh, directly after the prelude in the um, first book. Uh, we just kind of see the same character 4,500 years apart. But anyway, that is um, the main timeline of uh, the feast. It's not necessarily revealing a whole lot of information, more condensing it to kind of know when things are happening uh, relative to each other. And um, we will probably see a lot more when we get um, what's likely to be Navani's point of view and then Gavilar's in future books. Um, so I hope this was uh, somewhat interesting, um, and I hope you enjoyed. Thanks for listening.